I'm Emma. And I'm Wyatt. And this is Frederick Uncut. Where we talk about what you're curious about across the county with a new episode out every Tuesday. So, Valentine's Day is this week. Yeah, Emma, what do you think? Flowers? Yes. Giant stuffed teddy bears. Um, no. A box from Tiffany's? Ooh, yes. What about chocolates? Well, it depends. This week, I spent some time in Frederick's Perfect Truffle with Randy Olmsted, a candy shop owner who puts the perfect in his store's name. Everybody say hi, Emma. Hi. 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 Um, so this is kind of where all the magic happens. Tempering chocolate is the process of taking solid chocolate, melting it, and creating it back into an environment where you can form it, manipulate it, um, so you can get it into the shapes and the forms that you want it to, um, and it goes back into a solid form. So, so like we create um, all of our shapes with polycarbonate molds. Um, some of our, our truffles are round, um, which are done in shells. Some of them are enrobed. So kind of like the I Love Lucy TV show where all the chocolates are coming down the conveyor belt. So those are chocolates like those. Uh, January is always very slow. Um, People always do the proverbial New Year's diets. Uh, They give up chocolate. They give up all kinds of things. January 1st and so forth. Fire and ice was just a gorgeous day beautiful i think everybody had cabin fever they saw the temperature go above 32 degrees and everybody ran for the streets so it was really great so that that was wonderful which then leads us into valentine's day where things will just exponentially just go go up Mm -hmm. um so we're going to start doing our tuxedo strawberries on tuesday Um, we take large stemmed strawberries and we dip them in a way that we create an actual tuxedo under the strawberry and we take a small piping bag and we put buttons and a bow tie onto it and stuff and just kind of dress it up. So instead of just a dipped with nuts thrown on it or, or something, we, we decided to make them a little classier. Um, so we'll so be doing this. is that the only this. thing you do special for Valentine's Day? No, we, we bring out um, a couple other flavors then. Um, we do... For fire and ice, we come out with our chili lime one, which goes into our Valentine's Day. When you think of Valentine's Day, the the romance and everything, what I'm trying to think of the family-friendly way to say this. Um, <laughs> some of our flavors, we want them to be kind of sharp and crisp mm-hmm. and and uh, bright, so that. Um, Remember the old peppermint patty ads? You would like breathe in and all the ice crystals and yeah. everything. Well, you can take certain flavors and you can kind of recreate that a little bit where we kind of talk about it makes you want to pucker. And so if you're going to be puckering and it's Valentine's Day, we'll stop. Um, that was the second name of my company. My first name of the company, uh, we had to change after a year due to unforeseen other circumstances that I won't get into. Um, we had probably five or six pages of ideas front and back that 
we came up with, my wife and I, our kids, friends, family, yeah, we just, what do you think it should, should be? And when I came down to it, the word perfect um, lends a certain um, impression. But when you look at the definition of perfect, you're always striving to get there. You're doing the best that you can with what you have. And so we're always striving for perfection. My, my, my chef in school always pushed us to be as perfect as you could be, that you don't accept you know, the flaws in your product, um, you know, always presenting the best that you have. And so with that, I, I take the word perfect um, in a more literal, literal term that I was trained in versus the Webster dictionary of the word perfect. Um, we're always trying to achieve the perfect truffle, be it in flavor, be it in look, be it in texture, be it in a flavor that you, the consumer, like. Are there a few examples of the more nuanced details that you hope some, uh, you know, a consumer notices about about your chocolates? Are there the, you know, little things that you hope stand out? Yes. Um, I, I think the very first thing I want my consumers to to notice, and when it comes to, to really any product that, that you're consuming, the very first thing that the first sense that you're using is is your sight. Um, you're looking at the chocolates, and when you look at, at our chocolates in, in the case, they're of different shapes, they're of different sizes, they're of different colors. Um, they're not all the same with one variation to separate it as this flavor or that flavor. Um, we have bright colors, we have darker colors, we have multiple colors, we have neutral colors, we have all kinds of colors. So your, your first sense is, wow, look at all that variation. Um, then the next component is, what are our flavors? We do a lot of classic traditional flavors, a straight dark chocolate, a raspberry, a hazelnut, ones that have lived and been tested throughout time that are pure, you know, the, these are what work, these are the combinations that work. And then we start doing some that are a little bit more far-reaching. We've started doing some savory flavors uh, with different spices and so forth. Um, olive oil and thyme, a rosemary caramel, uh, Chinese five spice. These are all flavors that you typically associate with savory food, not confectionery product. Um, so what I enjoy doing is talking to the customer because people will come in and go, ooh, that's kind of a weird combination. And I love it when they say that because then I can start engaging them in the conversation. Why is it weird? What don't you think you're going to like about it? Let's, let's break it down. Why don't you think that flavor is going to work because you've never had it before and you're afraid of trying it? Or, you know, like the olive oil and thyme one. Um, olive oil is a fat and there's a lot of different fats that are in chocolate. There's cocoa butter, there's cream, there's butter. We've substituted some of those fats with a different fat and it's olive oil. 
well, depending on the type of olive oil you get, which you go to the store, you can see all these different variations. Each olive oil presents a different flavor also. So the one that we use is one of those really deep green ones that has a little bit of a grassy flavor to it, kind of that, that summer morning dew that, that you can get. You throw a little thyme into it and it just adds that little edge that kind of makes you go, wow, you know, it's take some bread, sop it in some, some olive oil and stuff, and, and you can put rosemary, you can put thyme in there, you can put salt, you can put pepper. You can accentuate the olive oil with many different flavors that you're dipping your bread with. Well, we just happen to do it with chocolate, but the chocolate that we use isn't going to be big and strong and bold like we discussed earlier there's going to be some caramel notes to it. There's going to be some milkiness to it. There, there's, you know, we're, we're going to find the chocolate that's going to blend with that flavor to help accentuate both of them. So the, probably the last two points about our chocolates is we try to do a texture of the ganache, the center part of our chocolate that represents the flavor. Um, so the two that I, I love using is the, the espresso. If you think of an espresso, it's big, it's bold, it's loud, it kind of slaps you in the face and it lingers for a really long time. So the chocolate that we use there, we make a denser ganache. So when you bite into it, it just doesn't kind of melt and, and so forth. You kind of have to work at it a little bit. You rub it around on your palate. It slowly starts to break down. It's big, it's bold, it's loud. It doesn't want to give up the fight like an espresso that you would get at, at the coffee store. So we try to represent it that way. The lavender chocolate that we have, you think of a field of lavender, you know, the sun is out, it's just kind of flowing, it's purple, there's serenity and there's peacefulness and there's a, a lovely aromatic that presents about itself. So it's soft and it's delicate. When you bite into that chocolate, as soon as you do, those aromatics just fill your entire head and the chocolate starts to melt very quickly. And before you know it, the, the, the center is gone, but the aromatic is still there. So your eyes are still closed. You're still viewing the field of lavender, but the chocolate's gone. So it's, you know, that's what we try to do. We, we try to represent that flavor in its appearance, its texture, and we want you to get the flavor with the chocolate because you're buying it for chocolate so you want to taste the chocolate you come in here and you go i want chocolate mm -hmm. you don't walk in here and go i want rosemary so but so you have to taste the chocolate then you also have to taste the flavor that we've combined it with and they have to complement themselves they have to work together so that you get your satisfaction for your chocolate need that you're coming in for and you have to be happy, you need to be happy with the flavor that we've introduced into it also, so there's a perfect balance. So you've got a range of options, but you hope that the customer will kind of be adventurous. We hope for them to be adventurous. And on Valentine's Day, it's, it's very fascinating to watch people come in and buy chocolates. They come in with a list that they know they're the recipient is likes 
and they go, I would like this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. We make the box, because we don't make pre-made boxes. You come in, you pick the, the chocolates you want. And then we'll get the proverbial person that comes in and say, yeah, just give me a box of chocolates. Well, what would you like? I don't care, just fill it with something. And I always have to bust them. I bust <laughs> them for it every time. I, I'm going on uh, 32 years of marriage and I've learned you just don't buy just something. Yeah. You There has to be reason it's behind wonderful. it. There has to be reason behind it. Absolutely. And we'll always get the person that calls 20 minutes before we close and says, are you still open? And I will ask them, how far away are you? Oh, no. And I charge them extra. Have because you ever held the door open for somebody? Oh, every year. Every year. Every year. Wow. Somebody What's called. closing time? Um, it's simply around 8 o'clock. Usually around 8. Wow. And I've had people show up at 9 o'clock. I've stayed for an extra hour for them because they knew they were just going to get the whooping of their life <laughs> if they got home. Yeah, and they didn't have anything. Yeah. Or, or they went out with, with some of their colleagues yeah. and they lost track of time and now I have to save them. You're really a Valentine's Day superhero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like destroying them when they walk in. <laughs> so you give them the chocolates, but you kind of have to make them pay for it. Yeah, they pay for it. <laughs> they, they, with, with, with a verbal lash. Verbal, yeah, verbally pay for it. So Emma, it sounds like you got some really good advice ahead of the, the big holiday. What would you say was the best piece of advice you learned from Randy? I mean, don't be late <laughs> picking out your chocolates. But I mean, the really good advice he gave, which is true for no matter what you get anyone ever, and really the purpose of gifts is to be thoughtful and to show that you were thinking about a person and you took the time to really pick something out that you know that they would love. Yeah, it seems surprising that anyone would forget Valentine's Day is coming. I mean, yeah. Had you have you not set foot in a store since right. New Year's Day? You can't go <laughs> right. You can't go anywhere without seeing the stuff everywhere. And you know everybody's going to be talking about it. I mean, he said that he had a few cases where like a guy had gone out with his buddies after work. It's getting pretty late. It's nine o'clock, and he has to go home to his wife and like you know potentially face some trouble. So that was like one scenario he said, but. Yeah, you're in pretty hot water if that's the point you're at. <laughs> well, I think that's why a place like Perfect Truffle exists. I mean, it's it's extra thoughtful with yeah. its candy, so it sort of makes up for your just lack of knowing the day of the week. And he really talks about it like it is a work of art. I mean, the amount of effort, and I kind of saw this firsthand, he let me go back into where they make the candy or, the, you know, where they make the truffles, and he talked me through the process of, you know, um, the different kinds of, just purely the, the number of kinds of chocolate they have and how no one chocolate can complement everything, how you really have to be meticulous and just the science behind different flavors and, like, um, you know, just how long it took him to perfect certain things. And it was also nice to kind of hear him talk a little bit about his wife and, and their relationship, you know, with Valentine's Day coming up. I kind of asked him a little bit about, like, you know, does his wife always expect chocolates on Valentine's Day? And it was kind of cute to hear them talk about, like, how he would always take home, you know, a truffle to her and, and they would kind of work together to find the perfect um, recipe for an individual truffle. He said he spent a long time on his passion fruit truffle. Um, and he said that's her favorite, um, but that it took him a while to perfect it. 
And then once he did, he changed something slightly, and his wife said, "Oh no, change it back." You know, so it was kind of it's cool to to hear um, stories like that. Yeah, of all the chocolates you heard about or tried, I didn't try any. Okay, of all the chocolates you you heard about, which one really stood out to you as one that you think? I would... really want to try. <laughs> Are you asking me which one I want to try? Yeah. I really want to try the um, olive oil and rosemary truffle. It sounded really good. Like, I don't know why. It just did. He also talked about the chili one, which would be interesting to try. I don't think I would like it, but it would be interesting. I think I would like the olive oil and rosemary. That's super. Okay. I'm not a big sweets person. Yeah. But there was a time in my life when I was, and I feel like I was not taking advantage of all the opportunities to have, like, great chocolate. Right. It feels like I was watching JV basketball when I could have been watching Michael Jordan. Like, why was I messing (laughs) around with Hershey's? I know. I mean, the you know. It's a it's a special occasion place for sure, um, but yeah, I mean the look of them is like so perfect. And when you go in the back, you'll see like um, the different workers in the back, kind of like you can't just pour it into a mold and done kind of a thing. It's each of them has a very different shape, so all of the molds are different. And I think he kind of goes for very unique shapes each each chocolate is not shaped the same each chocolate will not have a similar texture um each chocolate is made with a different kind of chocolate like they're very unique and yeah you just want to like marie antoinette and try every single one like in a bathtub (laughs) and when you when you were back there looking at the workers were any of them singing or dancing you know what no there was mention of lucy and the uh conveyor belt like, you know, I Love Lucy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was no conveyor belt. There's so. no conveyor belt. No, and there was no singing. There was, the radio was on, but... Okay. How was the the chocolate shop that you visited different from what you thought or expected? I mean, I knew it was. it's called Perfect Truffle. Like, this is a man who aims for perfection. And he said it's it's an aspirational name. You know, he this is his goal, and it's on the front of his shop because that's what he wants to remind himself is that that's what he's going for. Um, but I didn't expect exactly how far he went with that. And I think he studied under like a food scientist person. So um, like he talked about how the different, and I'm not going to know the science behind it, but the science behind like how water bonds to different things and um, yeah. I won't try to, (laughs) you can listen to the audio, but um, just how precise the science behind truffle making really is. And like he talked about if you look up a recipe to make truffles, like it's a a completely different thing. Um, And you better put those in the fridge because they'll kind of, you know, mold really fast (laughs) because the the science behind it is, it is really... um, you know, none of the chocolates are refrigerated, so mm. it's kind of interesting. So, Wyatt, let me ask you, which truffle would you try? I know I know you're not into sweets, but if you were going to have one, right. what sounds good to you? What? I mean, if I was breaking yeah. breaking the mold, I think I would have to for, for truffles. Breaking the mold? Breaking See, the he mold. doesn't have similar molds. <laughs> uh, I think I would go with the um, espresso. Espresso, okay. Dark chocolate ganache infused with a rich European espresso. That, that was my experience, and it was a really great time. Well, it sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah. And obviously, we thank Randy from Perfect Trouble yes. for allowing us to come. Thank you so much, Randy, and uh, thank you, Wyatt. 
happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. This podcast was produced by Wyatt Massey, me, Emma Kerr, and Graham Cullen. See you next week. Thank you.